What is up, good people? It's time for the newest edition of Notes by Notes right here on Facebook and YouTube. I have a familiar face to the left of me. What's good? Mr. K-Dot. Mr. K-Dot back in the house. What's up, my brother? Man, it's good to be back. Miss y'all. You miss me? Hell yeah. You already know we miss you, bro. You already know we miss you. You know, you, you know how this thing goes. We started episode one. We did episode two. Or we did episode three. Yep. So, I mean, it's all good. You know, and we're back on airways now. We got AP missing today. So, hey, she's know. on vacation though. Yeah. Doing it right. Well deserved. Hey, send postcards. Sign. How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's still over here writing in cursive. <laughs> 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 oh, man, we got a fun filled show for you guys on this beautiful Saturday morning. First up, we're going to talk about the five things different from the 2021 to the 2021 Cowboys. And also, we're going to run through the top headlines from the sports world and give you a notes by notes fantasy football update but before we get started we want to tell you about our friends over at a to z for skin and hair a to z for skin and hair offers a bevy of hair and skin products that have no preservatives and are made with love like their rice water which is used to promote healthy strong growth of the hair and prevent dandruff their moisturizing hair butter for everyday styling their rapid growth which is a perfect mix of all natural oils and of course like i told you last week their gang gang beard oil i just put some on right before the show came out fresh fresh ain't nobody fresh as i'm in <laughs> y'all know about that to contact a to z skin and hair to find out more about their products give them a call at 469-674 5567. Once again, that's 469 674 5567. And tell them that the crew at Notes by Notes sent you. We got a show coming up. Stay tuned right after the intro. Let's go. You've heard of hot takes, and you're probably tired of hearing the same old talking heads repeating the same stuff over and over again. The time has come for the game to evolve, and just like in sports, there are a select number of individuals who are leading the evolution of change and pushing the game forward. This isn't just a sports podcast. This podcast is about how life, culture, and sports all meet at one intersection. This is the new wave. This is the new sound. This is the evolution. This is Notes by Noakes. All righty, folks, we are back in the saddle here. So happy to have my guy K-Dot to the left of me. We miss AP for sure. Um, she's on vacay. Well-deserved. I got to tell you, being a producer is hard work. I don't want it. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Am I forcing you to sit in this seat today? <laughs> I'm here on my own free will. <laughs> Bleep twice if, if you need help, K-Dot, if you need help. So to get things started off today, and it's so apropos because – it's the, we're cowboy guys. Yeah, we're always. cowboy guys through and through. One hundred percent. So now we already know what this show is going to be about. I think we shared some messages in the group chat. We was like, uh, "Yeah, this show is going to be all cowboys talk." It was more like a trailer. Like you watch a movie, you get that two minute clip. Our text messages were little trailers of what's to come. So we already know what this weekend entails. Exactly. Exactly, man. Exactly. So we're going to talk about that first here because I think there's. There's something to be said about the level of, of success that the Dallas Cowboys are having through three games. Let me add context. I say through three games for a reason, because the thing is, a lot of people are taking this out of context as if 
What I'm saying is that they're a Super Bowl team, and that's not what I'm doing. Don't jinx it. I got wood over mm-hmm. here today. <laughs> Knock on wood. Uh, but people are creating this narrative that Cowboy fans or people who follow the Cowboys are claiming that it's already a Super Bowl team. But just stating the facts, through three weeks, this team could be the third to fourth best team in the NFL just based off the statistics. I will give them this, though. To be fair, being at the level of popularity and notoriety the Cowboys are, mm-hmm. we get a lot of the casual fans. Right. We get the people that don't know the game that hop on the bandwagon, right? Same as the Yankees, the Lakers, Duke basketball. Take your pick, whatever the sport. So the downside of that, and my biggest comparison or example I always refer back to, is when we had Romo and people always said, get rid of Romo. And always, see, see, you want to blame it on the quarterback because it's the leader of the team. But when your defense is 32nd and you win eight games, who won those games? So that's not the problem. We had needed a whole organizational uprooting, starting with Jason Garrett, Mm -hmm. upper management. And they started drafting better, and now we're seeing the benefits of that, you know, uh, down the road. But when you just go, you know, get rid of the quarterback, like, man, come on, you don't know football. Come on, like – it was there better, yes, but we see the main problem at the time. Not even close. Exactly, had a lot of work to do in other aspects. So exactly, and, and with this team, I, so don't get me wrong. There are glaring issues that you have with the Dallas Cowboys. Number one is Mike McCarthy and his clock management. That there, there's something to be said about it. It's not the first time that he did it on Sunday it, or on Monday night. It was the second time that he did it, like in the Los Angeles Chargers game. Mm-hmm. He let the clock run out. He said he couldn't see the clock. And now in this one, in, in the game against the Eagles on Monday night, he says something to the same level of that. And, and I feel like oh, – sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're, you're good, man. I, I feel like clock management is day one stuff, right? Yeah. It's like when you an employee of any job, be there on time. Know, yeah. you know when the clock's scheduling things out. Same thing should apply as a head coach in the NFL. Like, it, it, exactly. And it makes you wonder, like, has he always been this bad? But Aaron Rodgers is so good at managing the last two minutes of the game. We didn't realize because A-Rod took it in his own hands. Now, you know, I don't like giving A-Rod credit. You know that. But in the last two minutes against bad teams, there's no one be- – against bad teams yeah. specifically, there's no one better than the league. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's true. And I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to make of it. I can't say that it was intentional. I can't say that there was – a strategy behind it. I can't say that he had a plan in doing it, but that's one glaring problem I can see. Another one, I would say we need more of a pass rush to some degree. I mean, Michael Parsons can't can't do it all all by himself. I mean, you need Randy Gregory and you need Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, what 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 else is there that we can say is a glaring need for this Cowboys team. I mean, coaching is A-OK, I mean, yep. for the most part. Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy are actually gelling well this season. You got Dak Prescott playing out of his mind. If he's not throwing for 400 yards, he's playing efficient football. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have Tony Pollard. I mean, you could you could live with some you know better production out of the, uh, the secondary. We got a lot of turnovers, which is something we're not known for in the last 5, 10, X amount of years, right? However, um... Still giving up a lot of yardage. Yeah. But in this day and age, who doesn't, right? right? So pick and choose, but we don't have that go-to guy. Diggs is playing out of his mind, but he's still not like a top five lockdown corner or anything right. like that. He's playing that way, but how long will he, can he sustain that? So, exactly. And looking back at that, so as far as moving things around, 
My favorite thing about what we're seeing now is the amount of depth we have because yeah. the money spent between Jalen Smith, Lyle Collins, um, Zeke, all these guys, we could lose any one of those right now and be okay and redistribute that money in the secondary and get a lot down person. Yeah, yeah. Because we have depth. And I mean, look at the amount of injuries we had last game. Tank's out. Gregory's out. Um, get injuries all – I think six people out. Uh, Neil, new starter, is yeah. out. Keanu you had three Neil. starters and I think three other reserves – if they're back and healthy, the amount of death in that team, that's where I think Parsons, can he do it by himself every week? I'm curious, do you keep him at defensive end or even back to linebacker? No. Because well, well, the thing is, what's going to happen is so, – so what I believe Micah Parsons to be for this Dallas Cowboys team is a jack-of-all-trades, but you don't use him as at one position in one game and another one in the other game. What you can do is you can create – disguises on defenses. Yep. You know, so you could say, hey, we still got 11 on the field. He just moved off a left end. Do we want him moving up to Mike? Do we want him moving up to Will? Hell, does he want to play some strong safety? Well, he, he, it, it creates variety. People that said, I don't want to play Mike. Like, I'm not there yet. He's yeah. like, don't follow me. Like, he's a young cat. So he's, he's, he understands, you know, the importance of that position. Yeah. Um, is he capable? I think so. But, you know, he wants to – uh. Earn his keep, you know, pay his dues. So yeah. good on him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so I, I want to go down this list real quick because there was some, there were five things that I was just like, can I come up with five things that this team does far better than they did last year? So number one, we just talked about this variety on offense. Yep. Not one dimensional, despite what the general public has said about this Dallas Cowboys defense. They are not one dimensional. I mean, when I look at, their stats on offense. They're the, they're the sixth best offense in the league, fifth in total yards, first and first uh, first and first down percentage, and top ten in both the passing and the running game. And not only that, Dak Prescott he's playing out of his mind, right? Yep. Dak Prescott or the Cowboys are averaging thirty points per game. Yep. And Dak Prescott is second and snap-to-throw percentage, which is, like, again, the second fastest in the NFL. Yeah. When you have all those things clicking, in comparison to last year, right, so the offense played like they were on fire through the first five weeks. Like, they were legit. But they still lacked a degree of execution. It wasn't as crisp as what we see right now. We knew that that could be really efficient, Mm -hmm. but the parts around him, what were we really getting out of Tony Pollard plus Ezekiel Elliott? And the thing that gets me, one big takeaway, is the first thing people are bringing up. You mentioned Pollard. Mm-hmm. Pollard Greens. Um, Pollard Greens. He's playing well now, <laughs> and now they're questioning the validity of Zeke's contract, how much he's making. Yeah. More on that in a bit. But when you have that many weapons and you distribute evenly, you know, if it's any other team, it's like, oh, what a great balanced offense. Yeah. But with the Cowboys, it's like, oh, well, Zeke apparently is washed up and over the hill because you're not utilizing him as much as you have to. Uh, as previous, you don't have to though. Yeah. When you have that many weapons, you can spread the love. Exactly. You don't have to put it on one person. I eat Devonte Adams. I eat Julio Jones for all those years in Atlanta. You can spread it out. So yeah. any given point, I mean, Amari Cooper hasn't put up much, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't have we're to. We're winning games. And, and here's another kicker: What do you do with Michael Gallup? What do you do with Michael Gallup? You have Amari Cooper. You have C.D. Lamb. You have Cedric Wilson. You have Noah Brown. Shall I go on? 
What do you how does Michael Gallup fit? You watch his contract expire and say thank you. That's what you do. That's what's going to happen. That's it. That's what's going to happen. Because Amari's locked in. We, 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 he's getting paid. Yeah. Good on him. He, he earned it. And CeeDee Lamb's on a rookie deal. We're good. Yeah, exactly. Dual tight ends are playing well. Like, Dak's got the weapons. He's got the balance of the run game, too. Yeah. Not to mention the O-line with the injuries. Terrence Steele stopping Joey Bosa. Are you kidding me? Hey, man. Steele has taken a step up this year. And, and that's what's great. He's playing like, like he's still on hard knocks. Trying to keep his job. Yeah. He, he wants to stay in. Wants that starting role. All right, man. Hey, it could be his if he keeps doing what he's doing. But so another thing we you alluded to earlier and I thought was par for the course, their defense creates turnovers this year. And they get to the quarterback. Last year they didn't do that. They were 32nd ranked mm-hmm. in, I, I believe, every single statistical category for defense when it came to rushing the passer and creating turnovers. Yep. 32nd ranked. And, and they changed that. Without Demarcus Lawrence. Without Demarcus Lawrence. What? <laughs> what? So here's here's another thing, too. When when the Dallas Cowboys signed Javon Kirst, DeMonte KZ, when they signed those guys, they said in the offseason that th- these signings were to create or to make plays on our defense. Mm-hmm. This These signings are indicate they're, – they're – they indicate a change, a culture change on the Dallas defense. And if you look back to Dan Quinn's days in Seattle, yep. one thing that they did well above all things is play fast. Yeah, They got to the ball, hats to the ball, and we are trying to make a play. We are trying to knock the ball out. We are trying to pick the ball off. We're trying to house this sucker like Trayvon Diggs did on Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. And you got to love, too, seeing that uh, change from Jerry Jones, allowing that, allowing Dan Quinn to come in and say, here's who I want to draft. Yeah. Here are the guys I want to pick up to rebuild this defense and what I need to run it efficiently. And it's, it spoke volumes because if nothing else, like we discussed, depth. Depth. We have all these injuries, and they're still balling out, still. And now, granted, it's against a beat-up Philadelphia team. I'm not getting ahead of myself, mm. but – Considering what we've been given at this point, we have delivered and played well against every opportunity. Excuse me, every uh, opponent that's come our way. Look, I'm, I'm writing this down here at the end of this because I, I do want to address it, it. It's just the Eagles. Just I, 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 I want to address the people who say that because there, there's there's some discredit to it. There's some discrediting to it. So yep. I, I, I'm gonna get to that after this after after the few that we got coming up, but. Another thing that I noticed, K-Dot, was their unpredictable play calling. Their unpredictable play calling. And another thing is how many risks they take. And also, their convincing wins and losses. Because yep. when they lost on Thursday night to open up the season, it wasn't like they were blown out like experts were saying. Right. They went toe-to-toe with arguably the first or second best team in the NFC could be the third and almost won that game. I mean, and you see Mike McCarthy taking risk, going for it on fourth down. Jason Garrett didn't do that. I love the way they coached and played that game. They had a fantastic game plan. Beautifully. And, I mean, they got outdone by the GOAT. Nothing to hang your hat on. 
But, I mean, in the questions about the run game, like, no, they, they, they coached it exactly how you should. They played it aggressively. They went in fearless with a new defense, new look, Dak back. Just for morale, if nothing else, yeah. and I'm not going to be one to you know, cherry pick, but morale, if, he, if there's one takeaway, how that team approached that showed no fear. Yeah. I mean, they – and you can see it in their play, like you said. They are running around like there – there is a purpose. Right. There is a purpose. With, with JG, they said that that everything – they went tone deaf with JG. And for this team to be running around with the type of purpose that they're running around with now in the, it is an indictment on what this organization was for the past decade. Yeah. Before Mike McCarthy got there and Dan Quinn got there. You know, isn't it crazy to think about 10 years of Jason Garrett? Uh, Jerry came in and he's fired two Hall of Fame coaches, but you keep Garrett for a decade. Dude, I, I, um, man, I'm like, I I remember when actually I remember it actually when I first met you, it was a talking point for us. Mm -hmm. We were like, Jason Garrett, what's up with that guy? And we're like, what can you do about him? I mean, what could he? What could the Cowboys have done about him at that time? You know, it reminds me of a quote from Office Space. It's like, you know what? Makes you want to do just enough to not get fired, <laughs> and that's what it was. That's he did exactly just well enough to not get fired. You can't fire somebody for a five hundred record. Yeah. Unless you, I don't know, up your expectations. Yeah. And try and I don't know, coach them and own them like America's team, quote-unquote. Yeah. Got to earn that shit. Exactly. It's not just given. Nate, Nate, that's not good enough. Yeah, how you going to walk around here and talk about, oh, we're America's team. We go 500 every year. It's not a losing season. It's not a losing season. Hold shit. on, my favorite one. My favorite one. That just means that – no, nah, I'm just playing. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I, I was about to say something, but I'm not going to say it. But, yeah, man – Um. I mean, when I look at this Cowboys team, and let me get to this, just the Eagles, because we already covered those five things. Those were the five things that I believe is different from last year to this year. Yep. But for the people who say, oh, it was just the Eagles, number one, the point spread from Vegas was four and a half points. Yep. That's number one. Vegas didn't even believe that Dallas was going to beat Philadelphia convincingly. Divisional games are, are, are pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. Number two, it's not just Philadelphia. It's here's what I mean by that. Good teams beat bad teams badly. Yep. Period. Good teams beat bad teams badly. Right. What Dallas did was what good teams are supposed to do against bad teams. Like you said, it's just the Eagles. But two years ago, you get Monday night football with the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and what would that game would have been? What what would have what would have been the result? A three-point game? Yep. The reason why I say it's a discredit to what this what this current coaching staff is doing is because if you look back, this team never executed the way that this team is executing now. 40 points is nothing to scoff at. No, not at all. That just indicates that your offense is far more superior than the field. I mean, they're at 30 points per game. I think that's second or third in the league, if I'm not mistaken. 
But people are saying it's just Philadelphia. Well, I think the reason for it's just Philadelphia, quote-unquote, is because you're only as good as your competition. Yes, we beat a bad team the way you're supposed to beat a bad team. But you don't realize your ceiling until you're pushed or to your challenge, right? Yeah. Like anything else in sports, you know? Um, so fair assessment, yes and no. But the, I think the biggest takeaway is, yes, it's just Philly. But we put up 40, but not because the other team had 35. We right. blew a game out. And how often does it happen with Dallas where you can, in the third quarter, look around like, what else is on? Yeah. The game was in garbage time halfway through the third quarter. Now, I mean, you can try and church it up all you want, Philly. I mean, do what you need to for peace of mind. But the game is over in the se- you know, early in the second half. So, I think the thing that you know people were pointing out is, like, wait till we start getting our challenges. Wait till about week 10 where our schedule starts to pick up a little bit. Because we've gone toe-to-toe with the reigning champs and got within three points. Exactly. Okay, we don't have any other big challenges, I don't think, until KC in like week 11, week 12. Exactly. That's what I want to see, right? Yeah. I want to see how fast we can run Yeah. when it matters, right? So, taking nothing away from Philly, we played the way that we should. But do we bring that same energy and that same execution to a tougher opponent? I hope so. It's wait and see, yeah. yeah like you said, it's it's – it's definitely wait and see. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of where we are right now, but again, I I can agree with it's just Philly, but I can't agree with the perspective of hey, this team is no good. This is the NFL. Yeah, any given Sunday, right? Any given Sunday. Yeah. It's not and, and these guys who are out here, it, it just it 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 drives me crazy to hear some bad sports take about how it was just the Eagles. Like, can you get on the Eagles team since they're that bad? Mark Wahlberg did. Obviously from that Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it just it, – it, yes, it's a bad team, but in the NFL you beat good teams, beat bad teams badly, yep. period. And that's what Dallas did. So you have to give them credit for what they did. Now, they face Carolina – on Sunday, mm-hmm. and Carolina is 3-0. and Carolina has the best offense in the NFL. Carolina has a quarterback in Sam Darnold who is still trying to prove himself. Sam Darnold, uh, Carolina has a injured Christian McCaffrey. Has an injured Christian McCaffrey, which is going to hurt production. Sorry, I- <laughs> heal up next week. Next week. Yeah. Come back next week, <laughs> C-Mac. But all of these things would point to what? A Dallas loss? But no. I, I think <laughs> here's my bold prediction. I, I don't know how many how many minutes we've been on the segment. I think fifteen minutes we've been on the segment, but it's all good. And I think that's the time we got down. But give me Dallas convincingly. Give me Dallas one hundred percent over Carolina. And I bet you, I bet you the narrative is gonna be Carolina didn't even play anybody. Watch. Watch. Watch what happens, man. I'm telling you, just like with the Eagles. Eagles went toe-to-toe with San Francisco. They lost by six. Came back. Oh, they're going to beat up on them Cowboys. They hung with the with the Niners. And what happened? Housed. We're better. The Cowboys are better than the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People – like I said, just like they're doing with Texas this year in the uh, AP Top 25. You know, it's it, it's very biased right now. It's very biased. So, 
What do you think about the upcoming game on Sunday? I think I like how you mentioned about how we're not getting the love we deserve. I looked at power rankings and they have Dallas anywhere between like 11th and 15th, depending on which you know uh, outlet you look at, which is a crock. But we're in it for the long game, right? Yeah. You look at the schedule, and our only goal at this point, before anything else, is winning the division. Which, I mean, knock on something, as I said it last year, should be a shoe in. So yeah, I mean, yeah, we're one misstep away from our uh, our QB away from you know all that going downhill. But this weekend. It's a gimme. With that McCaffrey, they're one-dimensional. I see no qualms with us taking that game because you're going to have Darnold in the pocket a lot more, and we've been shining as far as getting to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Darnold has played considerably better. And good on him. Anytime you see a quarterback step away from a garbage team and play well, like you got to applaud that, right? So, yeah. good on him. He's got something that takes some pressure away from him. McCaffrey, without him there, it, it, it you know really limits the team and their, uh, their options on offense. So, I think it, we – Win it by double digits. Um, now, on that same token, shout out to uh, Matt Stafford. Now, NFC, I can't root for another team. However, seeing him stuck in Detroit for all that time, you think about Barry retiring after year 10. What a yeah. shattered every record we've ever known for yeah. running backs. Calvin Johnson, Johnson stepped away. Johnson had $45 million left in the books to get paid, and he walked away. Mm. Limped away, rather, getting ass handed to him all yep. those years in Detroit. And Stafford gave him over a decade, and the fact he gets to leave and saying things like, man, this is what I always imagined would be like playing in the NFL. Like, what? <laughs> At 33, 34 yeah. years old, like now? Ten now, years. now you're getting the actual experience? Like, man. That's and, and, and he's a Texas boy, so for a lot of reasons I root for him. you got to applaud yeah. that. And he's out there, he's having fun. He's got a coach. They're eye to eye. They have a good organization. Can't be happier for Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I, I love to see it. I love to see Matthew Stafford thriving in L.A. I think it's perfect for him. The scene is Matthew Stafford. Yep. And, and, you know, L.A. usually attracts the biggest superstars. Yeah. So now you got LeBron James. Now you have Kawhi Leonard. You also have Paul George. Now you have Matthew Stafford. Matthew yep. Stafford is an upper echelon celebrity out there. He has to be. Yeah. He's, he's destroying defenses. Destroying defenses. And and maybe maybe this time they get it right and they make football substantial enough to last in L.A. Cause it's been a failed experiment so, so many times. Right. But that stadium is that's nice jaw-dropping. Oh, and and I, I love, you know, uh, AT&T Stadium. Love it. But, oh, man, L.A.'s got to figure it out. And they have the talent and they have the win-now mentality. They've got playmakers. They have the two best offensive players in all of football on the same team. And yeah. now you have an offense to balance it out. They were a quarterback away. And, yeah, they don't have a first-round pick until, I don't know, like 2047 or some shit. But it's worth it. All your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you look at certain teams going to baseball. The Marlins one year, you know, just bought every bit of talent that they could. Won a World Series then dumped it all the next year. Yeah. And were a garbage team. Did it twice. Two separate times. They have two – World Series rings and have been a franchise less than 30 years. That's more than teams that have been playing for 70 years. Rangers have zero. Uh, don't remind me. Don't so. remind me. I, I, oh. I'll save that for uh, springtime. Get mad uh, about it. K-Dot, man, please. Rule number one, I got to get up in this studio somewhere. Don't talk about the Rangers because they are <laughs> ass. They are terrible. Hey, uh, last episode I was wearing a Rangers hat, but I had it backwards so you couldn't see what team it was. <laughs> because you were trying to prevent me from throwing up. That's what you were. <laughs> that's what you were doing. I, I applaud you, my man. I really do. I really do. All right, let's segue into this, Kel, uh, because we there are some top headlines out there. Last night, 
or excuse me, Thursday night, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars faced off against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals and came up short. And Joe Burrow gave Trevor Lawrence his second 10-plus point loss. <laughs> Joe Burrow gave him two L's, one in the national championship and one in the NFL. That's terrible, man. That's terrible. Uh, but do you think that this coach and QB combo is going to work long term? Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. The first thing that comes to mind is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, if I recall, and then this is the, the first example because you look at um, Trevor Lawrence in the, the breakdown. Um, he is the prototypical quarterback. Yeah. Height, you know, uh, accolades. I mean, he's pedigree, right? He looks like a purebred animal, right? When you think about certain, like, uh, the Westminster Dog Show, for example. This yeah. is what a quarterback should look like, you know? <laughs> he, he's Sunshine from Remember the Titans. Oh, Sunshine. I know. Sunshine. And, and honestly, I think about that so much in my head. I still think Trevor Lawrence is left-handed. Until I watch him play, I'm like, I'm thinking about the movie. So, i got to <laughs> snap out for a moment. But Peyton Manning, if I recall correctly, went 1-15 as a rookie. Right. they got to work some kinks out. I mean, the speed's different. He'll, he'll get it figured out. It's like he did in Clemson. Didn't, you know, uh previous um, levels of the sport. So it makes me think, too, so th th that's the good example, right? Peyton Manning is the best-case scenario. Then are you familiar with uh, Todd Marinovich? Yeah, I remember. Wait, Mar uh, he's the Raider, the guy who got drafted by the Raiders. His dad forced him to literally become a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Marinovich, same thing. Guy was pedigree, blonde hair, SC, like coming, like it was supposed to be the next big thing, and he flopped. Yeah, big time. So where does Lawrence fall between your best and worst case scenarios? I think somewhere in the middle, more on the upside because I mean it's a pass friendly game. Yeah, even subpar quarterbacks are going to have a decent career. Um, too early to tell. I mean, I, I will say that he looked better last night than I've seen him in previous weeks. So you already see the progress week to week. Right. Um, but also, I mean, w what quarterback will succeed for the Jaguars at this point? I mean, it's it's notoriously what Mark Brunel is there. Byron Leftwich, David Gerrard lasted a few years before injuries. Um, and I mean, not many. Receiving core. Blake I mean, Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, but, but name for me another – Name, I, I dare you, an all-pro on their offense. Exactly. Miles Jack? Offense. Offense. Yeah. Nobody. DJ Chark is probably was the closest. And typically when you're a garbage team, you know, you, you put something on your quarterback. You yeah. Know, th throw some money at it. But So, I mean, there's room for improvement. Um, I don't think it's, it's too early to tell. And Burrow at least has his, his boy in Jamar Chase. He's got yeah. T. Higgins. He's got Boyd. He's got weapons around him, so mm -hmm. I think he has the upper hand at this point. <laughs> you know, this might be a hot take. I, I see Trevor Lawrence, and I'm known for hot takes. I see Trevor Lawrence lasting in Jacksonville. I don't see Urban Meyer lasting in Jacksonville, and here's why. He doesn't last be – if you heard his press conference right after the game, he doesn't last because I don't think – I don't think that Urban Meyer has the endurance to go through the grind of an NFL season. College, NFL, completely different. Well, he's had health problems. Exactly. That and but you pair that with apparently his temper and lack of patience. I mean, he did yeah. that at Florida. He did that at Ohio State. So on to the next, on to the next. And 
there he was at least winning. Yeah. You're more inclined to stay, even with winning teams. And that's what I'm saying. He's not winning, and he won't win for a very long time in Jacksonville. It's not going to click like you said in the first year. It's going to take some time to bake, and I don't think Urban Meyer has the patience. I think some more losing because he's not used to losing. He's not used to being a part of a losing organization. Neither is Lawrence. And if it comes down to at the end of the day and you got to pick one. You're picking you, Lawrence. You, you, every time. Every time. And, and hopefully they make that call because sometimes it's questionable. The, yeah. the one that always, uh, I always think about um, above all else is the Titans because, man, oh, the Titans jacked that up. When you had Jeff Fisher saying, I don't want to start Vince Young, he's not how I want to run this offense. They made him start him. Mm-hmm. They still didn't make the playoffs. Ended up firing Fisher and letting Young go. They yeah. lost both. Both. What? Dude. You back to square one? What about RG3 and Washington? That's another one. But Washington is a team. You don't expect stability out of them. They've had yeah. more head coaches than any other team in the last 25 years. They are trash. But GMs, coaches, they just cycle through them like nobody's But do business. we? It's Jacksonville and Washington. Aren't we comparing apples to apples at this point? No, because the Washington, you have the expectations. They're more storied and uh, – uh, Notable franchise for many, many years. They won Super Bowls. They yeah. they have success at least to a certain level. The last yeah. time the last time they was at RFK. Yeah. That's 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 when? Yeah. The old stadium. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Jacksonville is still a franchise team. They haven't got over the hump of being a, a uh excuse me, yeah. um, not franchise team. What am I thinking? Expansion team. Expansion team, yeah. Still to this day. You yeah. know, at least Carolina got it figured out. You know, they got Cam, they had some <laughs> runs. Real. But Jacksonville just never figured it out. Dude. It, and and that's the thing. Do you do you stay to rebuild a culture because that culture is nothing but losing. They've had the like lowest amount of overall income and in sales as a team for like ten years running or some crazy number. Don't quote me on that, but like as far as profitability, they're the worst team in the game. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And you play in Jacksonville. It's not like you're up in Buffalo where fans are crazy about the team. It's cold and miserable there. Like, yeah. Nobody wants to live there. Yeah, nobody cares about Jacksonville you, and Jacksonville. You got Wings and Niagara Falls. I, I take that back. So I had to go on. I, I was on a. Tw- I was in a uh, Twitter war with a Jacksonville Jaguar fan over Tim Tebow because I told him Tim Tebow was not going to make the final fifty-three. He's like, "This is for Duval. This is for all of those Florida fans out there who love Tebow, and Tebow's going to be there." I was like, "Dude, Tebow's not going to make it past the first game." What happened? You seen him miss blocks? You seen him not look like a tight end? He got cut. I mean, they they are somewhat deranged. They feel like they're like they're deranged. Well, I, I'll say this: if they release a Tim Tebow jersey for the Jaguars, it would be the highest selling jersey on that team. One hundred percent. And he doesn't even play for the team. Nope, anymore. nope. They don't care. <laughs> Florida man, he was proud. Oh my God, that's hilarious, man. Well, just wanted to bring that up because, uh, in my opinion, I don't think uh, – I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I don't think Urban Meyer lasts uh, throughout the duration of his contract. I think that he looks at more attractive options like USC, yep. going back to college ball. Maybe Ryan Day leaves for USC and comes Urban Meyer back to OSU, Ohio State. Who knows? Anything can happen. Yep. Especially in 2021, man. We're just waiting on the aliens to fall out the sky. What about Lincoln Riley? Does, does Link, with the move to the SEC, does he stay or does he make the jump to the NFL finally? Because he, you know he, what? his style of play in that offense is geared for what the NFL is doing. Here's the thing, K-Dot. I, 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 I have been 
extremely critical of the Oklahoma Sooners this year on every single episode. As you should. However, how many players did he turn into Heisman candidates? I get it. Heisman winners. So that is a talking point. So he may I, I think he could leave for the NFL. I, I, I don't think he I, I don't think he lasts Oklahoma for a long time. I I, th- I don't think he's gonna be Bob Stoops whatsoever. I think he's gonna look at the mobility aspect and decide to move along. But if you're doing the NFL, he needs his guy. And we we know those coaches, my f- current example, Andy Reid. Just never got his guy. McNabb is close, but not quite. And you got Patrick Mahomes, and it's a match made in heaven. Sean Payton, the same with Drew Brees. That's true. They have the offense. They know how to run it. They just need their guy. So, Lincoln Riley, I think you wait until you know you have your guy in line and they're needing to coach, and then you make the move. I, I like that. I, I like that. Maybe so. We'll, we'll see. I, I just – because the thing is, I'm going through a troll war right now with a few <laughs> Oklahoma fans, and uh, I don't want to keep on burying them, even though I do believe that they'll, they'll lose this weekend. But that's a that's a topic for another time. But also, if Lincoln leaves – we can talk about that in a you know more neutral stance, and then OU's going to go straight back to shit. So it's a win-win. Hell, wherever he goes, I just hope he doesn't burn the brisket. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It doesn't matter where he goes. I hope he doesn't burn the damn brisket. So, Kelly, NBA training camps just started ramping up, my friend, and the preseason favorite odds are out. It looks like the Lakers – are at three to one. Brooklyn's at three to one. Milwaukee Bucks are at nine to one, and Golden State is at ten to one. And what I find crazy because here's my sleeper, K dot. Here, here's my sleeper. Golden State has to be my favorite right now. They have to be my favorite because number one, I think people forget how good that Golden State dynasty was before K uh, before KD. And now that Klay Thompson is coming back into the fold, Draymond Green, it all kind of depends on the Ben Simmons trade to me. Like, if they can get that done, how dynamic this team can be. Of course, they need depth. But I am eyeballing the Golden State Warriors as a team to do some serious work out of the West this year. You know, honestly, I hate that you said that because you're killing my talking point. I'm right there with you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm right there with you because, like you said, and, and the thing is, these guys, you can talk about age, right? Those runs they were making four or five years ago, what have you. Yeah. However, their game doesn't rely on finesse. It's shots, right? They don't need just raw prowess. Yeah. Steph can shoot from 40 feet back. It, it doesn't matter. Logo Steph. And, I mean, you add uh, Clay, which, you know, one of the best two-way uh, players in the game, you yeah. know, right up there with uh, PG and um, Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, Draymond, the heart of the team as always. Now, they're a better team now than when they made the runs before. They had their core three. Now, I'm saying before, before they added KD, clearly. Yeah, yeah. But they made two finals before they had KD. That's what people forget. Yeah. We think about the move that KD made because they built the team so fantastically as a GM and organization that they could afford to add Kevin Durant. Exactly. But now they have Wiggins, more on that in a moment. Mm. And a very young James, James Wiseman, and then their uh, first round pick of this year, so they have the capital. If yeah. they, they want to make a move for Simmons, that's the one team that it makes sense on. Because if you have a dude that can't shoot, what do you do? You put him around a bunch of shooters. So, I think with or without Simmons, they're still my favorite. Yeah, and th- that's based on just statistics regarding age. The Lakers are the oldest team in NBA history. History. 
There's well, something to be said about the I used Lakers, to make man. fun of the Spurs and how old they were, and they were sponsored by AARP. Like, okay, I just ragged on the Spurs because I'm, I'm a Mavs guy. Yeah. Always will be. Can't stand the Spurs, dude. Can't stand the most boring game in the NBA. But it's effective. Yeah, okay, it's cool. I'll, I'll read the stat line, but I'm not going to watch that whole game. Yeah, of course not. Me. They, they, uh, they have the two two of the uh, three lowest ratings in NBA Finals history are Spurs victories. I'm sure. Dude, I fell asleep at a Spurs game. It's not just us. It's not the bias. The whole country's like, uh, nah, I'm good. I, I mean, I'm not lying. I fell asleep at a Spurs game. Bounce passes and bank shots. They were shots. playing Miami. Bounce passes and bank shots. Tell Come on, no. man. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Golden State's first round draft pick was Jonathan Kuminga. Thank you. Um, drafted seventh overall this year. Um, looks like a pretty solid guard. Yeah, I'm right there with you with uh, Golden State. I, I, I think that they have – Youth, yeah, way because if you look back on those 2015 teams, 2016 teams, they had Le- Leonardo Barbosa or Leandro Barbosa and Iggy, Iggy. You know, they had a lot of old parts to those rosters. Now they get a little injection of youth. They got, uh, I believe, is it Nico? It's it's Nico something. Uh, I I don't remember his last name. They also have James Wiseman, like you alluded to. They have Jonathan Kuminga. You have uh, so many more beneficial pieces to this team. And let's not forget, Steve Kerr can coach. He could get the best, the best out of his team. He He get the absolute best out of his team. That's why he won those finals with the Golden State Warriors. Like you said, sometimes you need something to take it over the top. Yep. Remember when Mark Jackson was the head coach of that team? Yep. How stagnant the growth was. Steve Kerr comes in, wins a championship. Sometimes you need that difference maker. And this is, I, I like the take because a lot of times, you know, depending on who you ask, Steve Kerr won it with Jackson's team. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't Jackson win it with Jackson's team? I mean, it, it, it takes that kind of coaching. And also someone that's done it who's been there. Kerr's won 70 games as a coach and a player. Exactly. So, I mean, whatever the guy does is successful. The only other example I can think of off the top of my head, well, I mean, quite a few, but um, Larry Bird has won MVP as a player, as a coach, and as a GM. I mentioned GM because much as I love Michael Jordan, in he cannot run a team. Yeah. He should not be a GM ever. No. no. It's bad. It's Dude, real bad. He did, uh, he, he did great in, in uh, Indiana for a long time. Yep. Larry Bird did. Um, another one that comes to mind is Avery Johnson to Rick Carlisle. Yep. Think about that squad, man. Avery Johnson did everything he could to get the best out of that team. And Avery had better players. He had Nash. Way he had better players. And then, I mean, Carlisle had Dirk and old dudes. Yeah. People, don't give me they had all-stars. Y'all sit down with that Bruh, right now. You no. got to go back and watch the tape. Jason <laughs> Kidd was 38 years old, always with his tippy-toe on the three-point lines. So it's only two points, like you can't see straight. Jason Kidd averaged eight points. Per game in the finals. Jason Terry Jason balled Terry, out. Jason Woo! Terry balled out. You had Sean Marion play defense. Excellent defense on LeBron James. Ugly ass shot, though. Ugly ass shot, but hit a, hit an occasional three. Yep, yep. You yep. know, changed the momentum a lot of times in that series. But Rick Carlisle, again, was the guy who put them in the proper placement to make those leaps and bounds and be the team that they are. And I think – as long as the Golden State Warriors have something like that, they're going to be fine. I'd see yeah. two more chips and, in their future. That was a bold move, by the way, by um, Mark Cuban to get rid of Avery Johnson because, like it we was. just talked about with Garrett, 
Avery Johnson was a perennial perennial runner up or, you know, semifinal, you know, whatever the case may be, but conference finals, he couldn't get over that hump. Right. So we had a great team. We won fifty plus games for a decade straight. But it's not good enough with the talent you have and the expectations of Dirk in his prime, you can't waste that. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if things would have changed if he had made that move sooner. Mm-hmm. Johnson did well, like the guy. But on this, you know, in the same token, on the back end of things, I'm glad now he's making the move again because yeah. Car- Carlisle, his style of coaching, will not be what Luca needs. Yeah. To move forward, he needs kids. The game in Luca's style has surpassed what Carlisle is capable of cultivating. One hundred percent. One hundred. Well, and where I found Carlisle's coaching getting stagnant is with the use of KP. But also, that's KP's fault too. A lot of those pick and rolls, he shouldn't have popped out to the three point line. Yeah. He should have dove down to the basket and dominated the paint. It's a $38 million decoy. Dude. Come on. Again, but coaching can change that. True, but if you don't know your role, you get put on the bench like Rajon Rondo. Now, he didn't fit in the offense at all, but Rajon flat out set out the playoffs. Remember right. We added him for a short time, and he oh, had, yeah, he had no that. business in yeah. Carlisle's offense. No. He can't shoot. Yeah. It's a motion offense. Exactly. So I get it, but at the same time, like, play along. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I'm out. So, and at that point, do you choose the young talent you have or do you try and figure out a coach and rework it? Basketball is different in that sense because yeah. one or two players can change the entire change outlook the entire of your thing. future. Yep. Or football, other than a few key players, you got 52 guys in the squad. Yep. So, less impactful. But, yeah, basketball, just the coach, move along. If they're that good, they can more or less coach the team on their own. Right. You look at LeBron, Magic, yeah. a couple others. They can be four generals. They yeah. got it. So. But but Steve Kerr is just that guy, and with with his tutelage, with his tutelage, and with the players that he has, the returning players that he has, Clay, Clay's going to play on fire this year. Make no mistake about it. Clay's going to be an all star. Clay's going to probably be one of the best NBA players in the league. And people, are, what about his Achilles? He never dribbles the ball. Yeah. He, he he's going to spot up and shoot. He scored 60-plus points with 11 dribbles. Dude, no, he scored how many points in two minutes? Something like that. Remember, he scored like – No, no, in one quarter he scored, I think, 39. 30, so, yeah, 30, it was crazy. 31. It was over 30 in one quarter. Nothing like it. He was 10 for 11. And I think like 8 for 8 from 3. Some outlandish numbers. Dude, th- this team is going to be a problem, and I think people uh, need to open up their eyes. I'm, I'm 100% behind Golden State. Uh, I agree with you. The Lakers are a little bit too old for my taste. The Brooklyn Nets. Crazy. Kyrie. <clears throat> Perfect segue. <laughs> Perfect segue. Because some notable NBA players – don't seem like they'll be able to play this season due to COVID-19 protocols in the NBA because players must be partially vaccinated or mm-hmm. fully vaccinated to be in majority of the venues across the United States. Mm-hmm. And you just said Kyrie. And I got to tell you, man, Shaq went on a tear about Kyrie Irving. Yeah, one thing I, you know, yeah, people I think a lot of times forget about Shaq Shaq's just a big old country boy from the South. And yeah. I love it because he keeps it old school and just keeps it down to basic morals. Yeah. And, I mean, you can elaborate on the tear. My apologies. But, I mean, Wiggins is going to be missing out on $385,000 per home game missed. Per game. That's a lot, man. That's – I. I can't even wrap my head around this. So, more on Shaq. What you, what you got? Well, sh- well so, Shaq was like – 
So this is what Shaq said, in, in not in layman terms, not quoting him, but kind of summarizing it. Shaq said that Kyrie Irving should not be or should – his teammates should not continue to deal with this. Should not continue to deal with this because there's so many excuses and, like, so many people have alluded to, like the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. He said, we don't have room or time – for players who don't want to think about others. Kyrie Irving's on a he's a target. He might Kyrie Irving might as well retire because the hell that he has put organizations and franchises through since he left Cleveland. Let's let's not forget what he did in Cleveland to yep. get out of Cleveland. Yep. But what he did was or what he is doing can kill a team season before it even gets started. Right now, any team playing this year is going for a championship. Yep. They realize that 2020-2021 was not the typical season that they play in. So they are hungrier. Every team is trying to have a, an advantage. Every team is going after that chip. The Brooklyn Nets are one of the best in the league. Yep. You're right there. I will be pissed, too, if I was a teammate of Kyrie Irving's. Who's going to hold him accountable, Jay? Who? You think Harden cares? KD? Harden's that – KD's one of the most passive players in the game. He's going to call out teammates. But hold on. So what did he do about Russ and OKC to get to Golden State? He left. He left. But what did he say about Russ during that time? He was like, yo, do something about your boy. He's shooting too much. But as a player, you should tell him. Yeah. And it never worked. Now, part of that's on coaching. No one's ever told Russ to play a two where he belongs. Yeah, yeah. Always try to make him play a one, and he shouldn't. He's got one speed, doesn't know how to slow the game down, control the pace. We talked about that previously. He's got one speed. Now, that goes back to Scotty Brooks. They won games in spite of Scotty Brooks, not because of him. He had no business keeping that team for as long as he did. That's true. But everyone was blind to it because you didn't know the amount of talent you had. Because look at what Harden blossomed into. If we knew now what we knew then, you cultivate and you change things up and you get a better coach in there and you win multiple, multiple championships with that team here nor there. But I don't think there's anyone in that team that has that, like, locker room mentality. What they need in that team is Jimmy Butler. Come in, crack heads, and lock shit up. Dude, you ain't never Someone lying. to come in and just, like, get everybody in line. You ain't never And, I mean, that, that goes to Harden, too. Like, the – Missing games, you know, kind of questionable. I mean, they played, what, seven games together last year? Seven games. Yeah, that's terrible. Come on. But that kind of tells you where that Brooklyn Nets team is. It's They're phoning it in. I mean, if you look at it on paper, they should win it all. They should win every – they should win more games than Golden State did that one record year. And this printout shows three and one are the odds for them. And it should be, in theory. But at the end of the season, what do they win, 50, 55 games? Yeah. Just based on personalities that's, alone. That's what the Mavericks would have won in a full season, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, they won 45, 46 games last year. Yep. I mean, they're, you're telling me the Nets are just as good or the Mavericks are just as good as the Nets? No way. But they no have, way. They have drive, and they're hungry. Yep. I don't think the Nets are hungry. They've all eaten. Everybody's eaten already. Exactly. Except, except Harden. But, I mean, I, I will say this. I will give credit to Harden for one thing. His game has changed dramatically since coming there. Yeah. Better distribution of the ball. Just overall better playmaking. He's kind of taking a back seat, letting KD do his thing. That's unusual because 
I always allude back to Dwayne Wade is for three number ones to work or even two, you've got to understand your role in the offense and kind of surrender things. The first year, one thing that played to the Mavericks' advantage when they won against the Heat is Dwayne Wade still wasn't sure whose team it was. Exactly. He hadn't given up the reins and surrendered things to LeBron James. Year two, he finally accepted, it's not my city anymore. It's not my team. James is here. Run your show. He became Scottie Pippen, and they won two rings on account of it. That's true. And I see Harden doing a lot of the same things, but when you have your third piece, which, mind you, it's only one player. And with KD and Harden, it's still a great one-two punch, but you are lacking depth because you have so much money tied into three players, you can't afford having one of them out. So because of the liability that is Kyrie Irving, no matter what Harden does as far as taking a step back and trying to acclimate to the system – it doesn't mean anything. That's true. That's true. The best ability is availability. So you were talking about, oh, man, that that's exactly what I have down on my – because you, you, you say that pretty frequently, even when we're talking about football, anything. Yep. But you were talking about eating earlier, everybody eating on that team. Get this. Kyrie Irving could lose over $18 million by being unvaccinated because he can't play home games. $18 million. Do you know what I would do with $18 million? You can't say it on here. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm not. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's all under the table. I promise not play. But so when we talk about Kyrie and we look at the figures that he's missing, I mean, it's really not about the money. He can make it about the money, but it's really not about the money. He's like my body, my choice. Yeah. I'm not going to dive deep into that because I do. I, I don't want. I want to dive. It's not about the money that. now. Yeah, he's a hundred million plus in in his career in the league, so it's easy to say it's not about the money when you got, you know, what nine figures in the bank. So it's so much easier to say that and have a stance when you're already established. Now I didn't see the same stance and same kind of you know, uh, outspoken approach when he was a rookie. On a rookie contract? No, of course not. Because Kyrie wants his money. And you can say whatever you want because it's guaranteed money. Yeah. The, the beauty of the NBA, you sign a contract, all that money is yours. It and doesn't matter what happens. Until you miss games over not being vaccinated. Will he you, actually miss? I don't know. I mean, there were reports coming out stating that Kyrie Irving may consider getting the vaccine. LeBron James has went on the record and said he's not a spokesperson for anyone getting the vaccine, even though he did get vaccinated. But again... This season is important. It's going to be short. It's not going to be the same. Or is it's it's excuse me. It's not going to be short. It's going to be the it's going to be the first time that these teams are allowing fans back into the arenas. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the first time that this is going to be a full 82 game season since the pandemic started. Yep. There's a lot of first going on here. This is going to be the first time that the Brooklyn Nets Nets might actually be healthy. Fully on the roster. So when you have a team like this, you have it, it's paramount that everyone is available and everyone's ready to play and everyone's ready to contribute and everyone is ready to give a hundred percent. Period. Everyone is physically healthy. Physically healthy. Head's not right. Mentally healthy. Because yeah. there's sure th- if, it's still things. The it's far, well, I'm physically healthy, yes, but still from like the state of. COVID vaccinations, what it's done to us as a country, mm-hmm. also impacts the league. And you got to acknowledge that. You know, you see divide and coworkers, families, whatever else. So it's going to happen with teammates as well. So 
how much will it impact? I don't know, because I mean, end of the day, it comes down to to money, and if you know, you have it or you don't. Yeah, that's true. So I, I I'm really curious how it plays out because it's easy to make a stance to a point, but once you start seeing missed opportunities and missed coin coming out of your pocket, because that's how you affect anybody. Mess with my money. See yeah. what happens. Ah, oh, dude. Well, who I'm thinking about too is the family, his family. You know, everybody talks about. I love my family dearly. What are you willing to do? Yeah. What are you willing to sacrifice for your family member? Or are you just thinking about yourself? But uh, Kanye. Or <laughs> Kanye. He's starting to act like Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Freudian slip right there. Yeah. Um, he's like, Kanye. <laughs> but Kyrie also was ready to step away from the game a couple of years ago. Yeah. He didn't like how his voice is being represented. He didn't like, you know, what he was doing for, you know, the community and the game as a whole. So he was ready to step away already. So this is no surprise from him. But. Other guys like Wiggins and a few others who aren't in the financial stature and uh, bracket that uh, Kyrie are in, those are the ones I'm kind of curious about, how these other guys play out. So, 100%, man, 100%. So, you know, it's going to be a turbulent year for some NBA franchises, not because they're not a good team, but just because some players just aren't getting with the program. I mean, I'm – I'm not gonna pound my. I'm not gonna pound the table on vaccines and whatever. I can't tell you I'm vaccinated, hundred percent. You better be. We're sharing a room. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, we're six feet. No, we're not. That's about five. Uh, but you know, you know, it's. I think it is important. We talk about family. We talk about money. We talk about all of those things. At the end of the at the end of the day, it's all about safety. Yep. So if you're going to be playing a game that you love, it, it keep in mind, it's a game. Yep. So, and plus you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. You're talking about a free shot is stopping you from getting the bag and doing something that you love to do. And, and the, the thing that I have to equate it to, and may sound ignorant or naive, but the way I would approach it in my head is, like you said, you get paid. So, you're being employed to do something. Right. The same reason you have to pass a, a UA for drug use you're required to do that. So you're not allowed to do certain drugs to perform your current job. How is taking a vaccine any different as far as restrictions on your lifestyle and what you want to do, right? So, I mean, I'm looking at, like, if I want this job, there's certain qualifications I have to adhere to to get this job, right? Yeah. Same thing goes to Sherry Richardson, right? Yeah. Their requirements. So if I expect to get paid, then I have to follow their rules as an employer. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, if he's okay with that and walk away from the money, then okay. Then they're going to win 41 games. Yeah, yeah. And it's sad. (laughs) It's sad that that may be the outcome of this season. I wish I had those problems. I I I wish I had. I wish I had those problems too, K-Dot. But like 18 million, take it or leave it. Like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take that 18 mil. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like, where's the shot? In my butt? Here, I'll put my pants down. (laughs) Come on. Oh, man. Right and right cheek. Right cheek. Right cheek. God damn it. Oh, oh. Two shots, one for each. Yeah. Space it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, real quick here, uh, because looks like we're closing out on uh, the, the conclusion of Notes by Notes on this edition of Notes by Notes. But real quick, there are some – there are 11 teams in the NFL right now sitting at one and two. Mm-hmm. 11 teams, which I believe is the most in NFL history, something like that. Uh-huh. And to me, there are some one and two teams that are definitely one and two teams. There are some three and O teams that are definitely not 
three and O teams. Broncos. Broncos, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Also, Panthers. Yep. Um, Raiders. Raiders are those two still? Did they beat I'm not Baltimore? A believer. Oof, okay. I'm not a believer. Okay. Baltimore has injuries. Baltimore is not doesn't have J.K. Dobbins. Doesn't have Gus Edwards. That that. Uh, that's a lot of running backs you're missing. Let, let's not forget how important the running back position is. Think about this. Texas, the University of Texas, had four runners go over 100 yards last week. Running backs are important. Running backs are extremely important. But, yep. again, there are some 3-0 and o teams to me that are fraudulent. There are some 1-2 and two teams that aren't really that bad but will bounce back. And for me, there are two teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seahawks. Okay. Making sure. I was going to say, you pick what I pick one. Make sure we have the same two. Oh, okay. We okay. didn't talk about this. Yeah. This was not rehearsed. This was not rehearsed. No. <laughs> that just happened. That yeah. was just like, yeah, right here, right here. So you think Kansas City and the Seattle Seahawks are much better than what their records indicate right now? Absolutely. Now, I think KC is going to fight with the Chargers for that division. I think so, too. Um, and that being said, that's why the Raiders will falter. Do I think they're a good team? Yes. But they're in a division where they will be number three in that division no matter how you break it down. Yes. Other divisions, they'd probably sneak into the playoffs or as a wild card. So, um, I think Seattle makes it as a wild card. I think KC either takes the division over L.A. or they take the wild card as well. Because Seattle, the Rams got that. I'm sorry. And, and th- that is the – yeah. those are the two best divisions in football right now. Arizona's up there at the Reno. Are they fraudulent or are they for real? Hard to tell. Hard to um, tell. Because they look great. It's hard to argue against, but if I'm taking – the Rams or them, it's the Rams all day. It's not even a question. That, that, that division is stacked. I mean, any any one of those four teams, bar, you know, assuming injuries happen. So, you, San Fran goes from a Super Bowl to last in the division because they had, what, four ACL tears. Yeah. Bosa, Garoppolo. All They're going to be last this year, dropping too. Dropping like flies. I don't know. They're going to be last this year, too, man. You have L.A. So, one team has to fall out of that group, and I and I do not believe it's going to be Seattle. I think it's going to be San Francisco. I think San Francisco will begin to decline. Number one, pressure on Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. You got Trey Lance sitting right behind you, breathing down your neck, scoring scoring touchdowns in games. Eh. Number two, the Cardinals. Defense has been playing lights out. Yep. But – Chandler what Jones happens? Is a bad man. He's a bad man, and I think he's going to keep it turned up. But what happens to the parts around you? Buda Baker's still going to hold his own. Yep. But what about those other pieces to your defense when you get into November, December? Are you going to be able to chomp down on the running game like you have been? They need to sustain because they their offense have is potent. To. Their offense is potent. Now here's where it gets tricky. Here's where it gets tricky. You still have to play L.A. twice. You still have to play Seattle twice. You still have to play San Francisco twice. <laughs> Here's the thing. I watch a lot of football, as we both do. Yeah. And honestly, I can't tell you if there is a, a level of decline of Seattle since their last Super Bowl because I look at the team, I think it's Russell Wilson, and he'll make the rest work. Yeah. That's how it's always been in my head since the Legion of Boom went away. It's Russ just holding it down, and he has. O-line, good, bad, doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. he and Lockett and Baldwin just would always hook up, right? Yep. He'd always make it happen. Now he has Metcalf. So, like, uh, yeah. And, and 
but but like looking around, like I don't really know how good or bad their defense is. Like where are the playmakers? And so when I'm trying to assess and think, is it them or is it San Fran that falls out? I can look at San Fran because they have young cats that they've drafted after you know being dead last for a little while. But between Bosa and between Garoppolo, they got some decent playmakers on both sides of the ball, they and, do. and they have a good D. Their their, their D is solid. But where's Seattle right now? Feel me? Like I, I don't know. I think Seattle's in the interim. I think Seattle, I, I think just because they're one and two, again, this doesn't indicate how good that they are. I mean, that win against Indianapolis was a hell of a win. Yeah. It was a hell of a win. But that. these losses have been stinkers. Mm-hmm. And I think that their losses haven't been to anyone that's been, like, really bad. I mean, they're not losing to the Lions. They're not losing – um, they play the 49ers uh, this upcoming week, but I'm trying to get the full schedule here because uh, Google doesn't like giving. So they played the Vikings. They lost to the Vikings. Vikings are fraudulent. Vikings are a one and two, and they're one and two for a reason. But I got to tell you, when you got the Vikings at home, in the midst of all that home field advantage, Kirk Cousins playing like a man on fire, mm-hmm. you're going to have issues. Um, against the Titans. They lost by three. The Titans were a two-on-one team who I think is much better than two-on-one. They took them down to the wire. So, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I To me, it's I think San Francisco falls because I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo's style of football and what Kyle Shanahan wants from his quarterback is sustainable. I think it's very similar to what Matt Nagy is doing in Chicago with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. I think Trey Lance struggles regardless if he starts, mm-hmm. period. I think Jimmy G is going to have some issues at times moving that offense up and down the field like Andy Dalton does majority of the time. So, I mean, the L.A. Rams and the Cardinals look phenomenal. I don't really see any drop-off. I, I do think that Seattle can drop off if they're not careful. I mean, they have San Francisco. That's that's going to be a that's going to be a telling game right yep. there. How are you against that front seven? Yep. Because at the end of the day, the L.A. Rams set the pres- precedent for defense in the NFC West. The 49ers are the are the little brother of that. Yeah. They have a damn good defense, and then after that, they have the Rams and they have the Steelers. It, it, they're going to go through a gauntlet to get on track, but I think that they're the team to do it. I don't think Arizona has the maturation yet to sustain the level of success that they're having right now. You know, what's funny is we had our two teams. We had a whole ass discussion about the Seahawks, mm-hmm. but the Chiefs, like, nah, they're good. Chiefs they're, fine. They're, there was no question. Chiefs because fine. the Chiefs, I feel like in the season, could do the same thing they do every game. Yeah. First half, even three quarters in, like, I don't know. Like, maybe they're finally falling off. We got a game plan on them. And then fourth quarter, like, oh, yeah, we're the cheese. Reek all day. Yeah. All day. And just, like, sidearm, underarm, behind the back. doesn't matter. Just touchdown. Well, I'm going to tell you why. It, it's because – so the Chiefs know who they are. And Andy Reid cultivated that. They have identity. I'm happy for him. He yeah. Was, he, he, he needed that. And, and, again, we talked about it earlier. Good on him. So, question. Or here, here's my logic here. If you look back – Two, three years ago, before Tom Brady left New England, Tom Brady and the Patriots went one and two to start that Super Bowl season when they made it to the end against the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Did right. you? So 
started one and two. And right then and there, whenever that happened that year, I came on the mic. I came and I did a show and I said, one and two for Tom Brady is not the same for any of you other quarterbacks. One and two is like, we, we, we've been great in September. Yeah. Give me a bad September. Pat Mahomes is that exception. Yeah. One and two for Pat Mahomes, not a big deal. Pat Mahomes has the pedigree, skill set, and football IQ to be the best quarterback we have ever seen. Yeah. I've never seen a combination of accuracy and arm strength in my life at this age. Rodgers, remember, he played behind Favre for a few years. His first few years weren't very sharp. He had to sharpen up his tools and really kind of uh, shape his game to become what he is now. So that would be the first argument someone throws at me, Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes, his first few years in the league, got an MVP and a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. And that's more than Hall of Fame quarterbacks sometimes. Marino doesn't have both. Yeah. Jim Kelly doesn't have both. Mm-mm. Mahomes could probably play kind of like Kurt Warner, short career. He could be in and out. Or maybe uh, Terrell Davis or Jim Brown, eight seasons and be shooting Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. First ballot. 100%. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. And the thing is, we don't really acknowledge it or recognize it because we were spoiled for so long for having Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers and Manny for like a 20-year stretch. Yeah. Literally good quarterbacks. Brady's still playing. Yeah. <laughs> and Rodgers, he won't quit. <laughs> he's not quitting. But Mahomes, is he's going to be that dude. And, yeah. and, and it's just understood, like, when he signed a half-a-billion-dollar contract, not a single person I knew batted in an eye. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Any other player, any other sport, like, they did what? But Mahomes like, yeah, good on him. Like, yeah. It just, yeah, cool. Yeah. Carry on. It's like $500 million. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Get out my face. Got my office, Pat. Good doing business <laughs> with you. All right, man. So, uh, real quick, we are rounding the bases here. At the end of the show, we thank you guys so much for rocking with us through this episode. It's been fun having K-Dot in the building with me. Uh, super excited to have AP back joining the crew again. It's, we're going to have a full staff. Come on, AP. Go, come on, AP. Now, nah, enjoy your vacation. We, we appreciate all the work that you do, and we can't wait to have you back in the studio. Real quick, the headliner for the Super Bowl, for Super Bowl, uh, it, I forgot the number. Super Bowl 56, 57? What are we at now? It's 56. I, it's been – the number I remember is 25. It's been 25 since we won one, so that's the <laughs> – Look, don't start that. No, 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 no. PTSD, PTSD, <laughs> PTSD. Uh, well, this year's Super Bowl, the headliners for the halftime show are going to be Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick Lamar. Real quick, K-Dot, what do you think about this group? Because I know you're a music fan. I think that the NFL is trying to regain their street cred after all the Colin Kaepernick nonsense. They're trying to get back in the map in, uh, <laughs> in a positive way. Like, <laughs> this is the most excited I've been about a Super Bowl. A, because I grew up on Death Row. I grew up on 90s hip-hop. But the thing is, people forget how much music Dr. Dre has produced and brought to the table over the years. Yeah. So after his aneurysm, which scared a lot of people, myself included, like hearing that, you just you, you don't anticipate that. He's been such a pivotal part of our music. Of music. Yeah, and dude's only dropped two albums. Yeah. The Chronic and The Chronic 2001, and both were groundbreaking Platinum. for what they were. Yes, multi, multi. Yeah. But it's more so, you look at the lineup, it's a Dr. Dre tribute. And what better way to pay homage to him after the aneurysm, after the comeback, and to the city of L.A. than really paying tribute to this guy. I, I Bravo. Well played by L.A. Deserve every bit of it. And what a great way to bring in that stadium and show it to the world. Dude, it's going to be insane. I, right. I think it's going to be the best thing. I, I do think... 
they're uh, the Super Bowl um, staff or committee or whatever they may be is trying to redeem themselves from that 2003 halftime show with Janet Jackson and, and uh, redeem. Justin. That's the best one we've seen. I mean, mm. it was the best one we saw. It's a titty. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best one we saw. No one gets upset. At the side of a nipple. Like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Well, that's a wrap on this edition of Notes by Notes. We thank you guys so much for rocking with us on this show. Uh, please do us a favor. We are trying to run those numbers up. Kada, I don't think they think I don't think they think I'm serious. We're trying to run the numbers up. Like, subscribe, share. I'm not saying sit through every episode. I know we, we ramble. I talk. I'm talking. I'm sorry. But, but this, like what this it. Is. Like it. It's a damn podcast. Yeah. If you didn't come here to talk, what you come to look for? You came to look at my beard? You came <laughs> to look at my UT garb? What you come to look for? Hey, but Jay, why is that beard so fresh? What you use? Oh, man. Gang, gang. Beard oil, baby. Speaking of, K-Dot with the amazing segue here. Speaking of. Get this right. Speaking of, big time shout out to our sponsor, A to Z Skin and Hair. Let me tell you about our friends over at A to Z Skin and Hair. A to Z for Skin and Hair offers a bevy of hair and skin products that have no preservatives and are made with love. Like their rice water, their rapid growth, and their gang gang beard oil, baby. Uh, to contact A to Z Skin and Care to find out more about their products, give them a call at 469-674. Five five six seven. Once again, that's four six nine six seven four five five six seven. And tell them that the crew at Notes by Notes sent you. And before we leave, K dot, I gotta kick it over to Joe because he's given us his locks. By the way, people, if you are uh, if you are interested, K dot. By the way, yep. Joe is ten and eight. Ten okay. and eight. So okay. he's been winning some folks some money. So Joe is going to give us his picks. On the other side. So we'll be right back. Joe, we're kicking it over to you, my friend. It's another week of Joe's Pick'ems. And uh, if you've taken my pick so far, you'll know that I'm 10 and 8. So you've won some money, probably. So uh, you're welcome. Uh, don't, don't thank me all at once. Uh, as we head into this week, um, there's some good games, college football and NFL football. Um, let's start off with college football, though, of course, like we always do. Number eight, Arkansas at number two, Georgia. I think game day is going to be there, too, so that'll be pretty cool. Georgia, minus 18, favored by 18 points. Good God, people, take Arkansas. That is free money. That is free money right there. There is no way Georgia wins by more than 18 points. There's zero doubt in my mind. Arkansas has proven they are a good team. They beat Texas, they beat AM, and there's no there's no way. Georgia, plus Georgia in a big game, come on. We all know what happens. We all know what happens. So worst case, Georgia wins, but they aren't winning by 18. So Arkansas, plus 18, take it. Number 14, Michigan at Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's favored by two. Man, they're sleeping on Michigan. They are sleeping on the Wolverines. And so I'm going to go with the Michigan plus two here because Michigan, yeah, they haven't played anybody, but, you know, Wisconsin is a down, it's a down year for Wisconsin. And Michigan has looked good so far. They're 4-0. So for Wisconsin to be favored by two, I think they're just giving them the home field advantage uh, points right there. But Michigan, I think they're actually pretty decent this year. I think they're going to, you know, turn some heads. I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State. Don't, don't, don't go crazy now. 
but I think they are going to turn some heads. So I'm going to take Michigan uh, plus two here. So uh, definitely ride with me on that one. Right? Especially, I can't, I, I can't say it enough. Arkansas, God, I can't even get over how that line just free money, free money. Final college game, Texas Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia by seven. Take West Virginia. And I picked this one. It's not going to be a good game, but it's a, it's a game where you can win some money because West Virginia by seven. We all saw what Texas did to Tech last year, last week. We all saw what West Virginia did against Oklahoma. I mean, they almost beat them. So you take a bad team in Texas Tech and a pretty solid team in West Virginia. I think they're going to win by a lot more than seven points. So that's my college pickups right there. And now we move to the NFL. We have the Browns and the Vikings. Browns by two. Browns, take the Browns point. Miles Garrett is going to eat. The Vikings, I think the Seahawks are down this year. So I think the Vikings just played a down team and whooped up on them. And, you know, good for them. But, you know, I think the Browns win this game by a lot more than two points. So I definitely would take Browns spread for sure. Um, I'm feeling pretty confident in that one as well, too. So, and then finally for the NFL, we have Chiefs Eagles. Chiefs favored by seven. Come on, we all saw we all saw Monday night. Eagles, die Eagles, die. More like it because oh, the Chiefs gonna absolutely destroy Philadelphia. Um, there's no way the Chiefs win by less than seven. So, definitely take the Chiefs points there. So, just to recap my picks for you, lovely people, we have Arkansas, Georgia, take Arkansas plus 18, Michigan, Wisconsin, take Michigan plus two, Texas Tech, West Virginia, take West Virginia seven. Browns Vikings take Browns minus two and then Chiefs Eagles take the Chiefs minus seven and you'll thank me later and I'm pretty confident I'll be coming back next week 15 and eight overall in my picks so back to you Jay all right Joe we thank you so much my man hope you're staying safe out there in Nebraska my friend we miss you um again thank you to all the people out there that are supporting the show for myself KDOT to AP and everybody who is partnering with this program. We appreciate you. Do us a favor. Go subscribe, like, and share with your friends. This has been the newest edition of Notes by Notes. We will see you guys next week. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this edition of Notes by Notes. Notes by Notes is also available on Anchor FM. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify.